All right, so welcome to uh, this episode of Pivot Play. I'm Jerry Thompson. I'm here today with my very good friend, Rashid Coleman. Rashid, happy to have you on. It's my pleasure. Yeah, so I can call you Sheed. That's cool. You know that, brother. Come on now. <laughs> <laughs> we go way back. Yeah, so speaking, so, um, so what we're going to talk about largely in, in this episode, I believe, is we're going to talk a little bit about creativity, the creative process. And um, I think when, when I don't know how often people even think about creativity and what that means. But the interesting thing about you is, you know, in my mind, you are certainly a creative, but at the same time, an analytic. So we'll, we'll talk about uh, what it means to have both of those existing in the same brain. Um, but you know, just to, <laughs> just to, just to go back a bit, um, let's just, let's talk about our relationship. Do you, do you remember how we met? I want to say it was through Reg. Through Reg, you guys, um, so this is going years, years back. I think you guys had come to Chester mm -hmm. to a church there. So that's, we kind of met on the music tip and Reggie and I connected. And then our, our connection um, came sometime after that. You know, it's funny, you roll this stuff back and it's like, you know, relationships at some point to be long lasting have to become sticky, as I call it. Um, and I honestly don't remember when that happened with us. I have zero recollection of it. I, as I recall, I think it was when we started building out your studio. Oh, wow. You were part of that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So that's that is going that's this that is going yeah. back a ways. Yeah. I so I remember is we had um two guys that were like six six. So they were doing all the high work and we were doing all <laughs> we were doing all the low work. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> they could just reach up and talk. Okay, so that was that's what's up, man. I appreciate you guys were there to 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 help bring that bring that phase of Jet World Studios together back in the day. Yeah. And then I, I think that, so that's the music piece. So that sort of begins to speak to some of the creative part of it. But then I think we, we came to, uh, to understand that we think and process things in a similar, in a similar way um, to the point that we actually wrote a book together, The Believer's Guide to the Law of Attraction some years ago. Um, yeah, but in my, so just for, Help me remember, maybe for for the audience, what to you has has made our friendship sticky over these years? Hmm, that's a good question. I, I'd have to say probably synchronicity. It seems like our journeys and our paths are very much in sync. Right. So we seem to be able to. We certainly don't have time to talk every day. Right. But it seems like every time we reconnect, we're like on the same page as it pertains to, you know, a new wave in life or something we're learning or discovering. Yeah. yeah. So without question that I think about it, it, we can go weeks or months and not speak. And then when we reconnect, you know, of all the different things that you could be talking about or thinking about, we happen to be very much on the same page without the benefit of daily communication. So if you think about that over a period of years, that's a that's an that's an oddity 
in terms of how connections between human beings are built. So that, but that is an absolute fact. And like, I'm reading this book, I'm like, I'm reading this book about that. And this is, you know, same subject right. matter, maybe different titles, but I think that we've been able to um, support each other. So in, t in terms of the Pivot Play podcast, it really is designed around this idea of taking a pivot, you know, which is, if you think about it in like basketball terms, right, which I, I know you, you played some, is taking a firm position on one foot. And it's, it's from that anchored position that you're then able to quickly pivot and go in a different direction from a from a point of stability, right? The pivot gives you stability. Um, it's usually a, a pause, if not a total stop, but then it's that ability to use that anchor to go in a different direction. And it, I think this has been true throughout, you know, human history, but even more so in what we're dealing with, with this, the COVID pandemic, what's happening in the economy, what's happening to the job market, as we were talking about, there's going to be even a greater need that people be able to pivot, right? Find a point of stability and go in a different direction. That new direction may not be anything like what they were used to doing or what they've known in the past. And so I also know you to be someone who, who's an avid reader. Um, so you're constantly testing, you know, your perspective, right? Taking in new information and refactoring. So when we think about what that pivot means, just talk about how you see it in terms of the current circumstance that we're in and what you think people might need to do. Yeah, I believe that the pivot is has been optional up to now. Okay. And I think the the leaders of fields, you know, no matter what that field of play might have been in times past, people had the luxury of saying, oh, okay, I'm ready for change. I, I want to move forward in this regard or down this new avenue. But now the world has drastically changed in a matter of one business quarter, you know, a little over a hundred days, I think now. And, um, it's essential, you know, people are going to have to, to fast track developing new modalities, uh, really moving beyond hobbyist interests in certain things and mm -hmm. learn how to leverage those things now to monetize them, to industrialize them. Uh, so it's essential now. We, we got to be able to kind of stop on a dime, change direction, and be able to manage these things simultaneously if you still have, you know, kind of your bread and butter that's happening. Right. So, I mean, so essential is, is a word we could talk about because I, so I, I agree with you that I believe it's essential. If you want to give yourself your best shot, right? Sure. But I think that there's some people too that are just holding on, hoping that it returns to what it was, and maybe some of that is is just you know humans and their their challenges would change overall. But I think some people are holding on. I don't know if they see it as essential. What what do you see happening to those people? Wow. Well, I hope I'm not the first person that people are going to hear this from. Uh, but 
they are going to be the unfortunate casualties of this tsunami. Right. You know, uh, unfortunately, no one really is prepared for a tsunami when it hits. Right. And and this is how it's going to happen. Like, you know, just being tumbled over and over by this wave of progress, because I, I really don't see this this pandemic as altogether bad. Now, the loss of lives, you know, the way people have experienced losses in families um, is certainly tragic right, right. Uh, and that's i think that's an understatement for some people but but i do see the opportunity in this pandemic or this episode that if you can reinvent yourself if you can reposition yourself if you can pivot then you really can put yourself in a position to do some pretty incredible things right and i and so i think that history would would prove that that's always been the case and it's is for the people who can see something different. And so in order to see something different, and this is where imagination and creativity comes into it. So even in the midst of just craziness, so for you personally, how, how do you see your sense of imagination, which let me just throw this in. Typically, as we get older, the the opportunity to imagine and to dream is usually kind of sucked out of us, right? With replacing it with life responsibilities and sensibilities around things that we have to do and get done. And so most people don't spend a lot of time in their imagination, but I, I so to me, I see it as, a, as the way that we evolve. But for you, what, what role does imagination and creativity play as pertains to creating new opportunities? Uh, it's the key, you know, for me, I, I, the only way I see it, I'm very visual. So the yeah. way I see it and imagine it is like imagination is the copulation, the, the intimate act that occurs before the big bang of creativity. You know what I'm saying? So you might have to you might have to unpack that one a little bit. Okay. Um, so imagination is really a a borderless or lineless, if you will, um, portrait. You know, um, it gives you the license to create or make up whatever it is that you can think, right? And that's probably what I should say, it's that borderless and lineless capacity to think, right? Um, to capture these images that burst out of the mind, it would seem spontaneously, but things that have kind of been rolling around and tumbling around from influences, from our own self-generated ideas. Um, I think it's like this rebirthing of the child in us. Right. Um, you know, which which kind of erupts into these moments of creativity where we're expressing what we're imagining. Right. So with that, so I usually put that in terms of this is this is my cartoon self. Right. <laughs> this is the one that even if I get smashed by an anvil, they just redraw me back in the next frame. Like, it's, it's all good. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's a million lives. 
I can fly, I can breathe fire, I can do anything in my imagination. Mm -hmm. uh, so to me, it's 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 kind of for me, it's my cartoon self, if that makes if that makes any sense at all. Perfect. To uh, me. And so also um, as a musician and a producer, the creative process, right? And I think this and people who don't understand this maybe because they don't haven't been around or experienced it, but that is also a place where both the creative mind and the analytical mind kind of come together, especially if you are, you know, a step beyond the artist, right? If you're the artist, maybe someone just puts in something in front of you, play this, sing that, um, and it's a wrap. But when you are the one who's creating everything and then you are the hands behind the machine, you're the one, you know, using the software and the mixer and all that. And again, I may be saying more than people understand, but I think you you also see where there's there's a place where imagination moves into reality, right? It comes out of our minds and it starts to become a thing. So maybe we can use some of our experience in music production to talk about some of the frustrations that can come in to where sort of when that transformation has happened between the imagination and the reality, how things don't always come out exactly the way we want, or we realize in that moment, dang, there's something I don't know about this, right? And we've seen that, whether it's this piece of equipment, this piece of software. And so then we have to vacate the creative process and our imagination to go do some real practical learning and gaining some new skills and the better we get at that, the more we can facilitate these ideas, our cartoon selves bringing something into the physical world. You, I see you shaking your head, so you know, you know exactly what I'm talking about. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, that's you. You expressed it very eloquently, bro. Like, <laughs> that's the process, and I'm grateful that, at least for me, I'm able to to work through both of those processes simultaneously oftentimes. So, you know, both spheres of my brain are firing at the same time when I run into one of those challenges. And, but I, I do think you, when you were talking, I thought, you know, there's probably something we take for granted when it comes to creativity and that is courage, hmm. you know, to fight through that discovery that I don't know something or mm -hmm. to fight through that epiphany that there's definitely something different about what I've just created and what is being monetized or what is popular or mainstream. It takes courage to work through that, you know, to assimilate the new information, to develop the new skill and stay with it. So when you say, Courage. One of the things that I that I thought about. So I want to because I want to make sure we get back to this the necessity to vacate the creative process to do real practical learning because there's new skills that we require. And we'll come back to that. When you said courage, I believe what I was thinking about then was that courage being manifest in how we invest in ourselves. Right. So what I do know about you, and this is something we have very much in common. Within maybe some small margin of limitation. 
there's not a lot that we won't do to invest in ourselves. Right. And I've, I've known you to do that over the years. And sometimes it just starts with I'm buying this book and then I'm buying this tool I'm getting. So talk to me about the value of how self-investment kind of shows up in your life. It, it's constant. So, you know, our relationship just in music alone goes back over 20 years. Right. And we've mm -hmm. talked about how music. Uh, to the degree that we've been able to do it and enjoy it is a cash cow. So as quickly as the technology is advancing, you find yourself having to upgrade, whether it's software, which can be costly, or it's hardware, which can be even more costly. Um, you know, the transition of utilities, you know, how hardware used to be the big thing and you had all this, these racks of gear, 20 years ago, now it's all in one, one box, it's in the laptop, you know? So making the financial investment is huge. You, you just gotta be ready to understand you and your dream are worth whatever the cost margin is gonna be, right? But then time, time is an even greater investment because I don't wanna do anything halfway. You know, I, I'm not, right. I'm not hobbying at things. I'm not wasting time. So I see it as an investment. So it hours and hours, like we were talking earlier this morning, I'm up at 430 just because of the rest of my day. And I'm happy to, to jump up out of bed, you know, excited, get cleaned up and get at it because I'm learning some new skills to put me in front of this wave. Many people use it as an excuse to just tap out. You know, they're like, right. uh, too much too hard you know maybe they don't see the value proposition in investing the time uh so i just go all in man right well some people say you know you gotta go with what you know like you know leave with the one that brought you here on kind you hear all kinds of stuff that people <laughs> use to resist change but we when we talked um the other day you mentioned another word immersion so what 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 does immersion mean to you uh just going all in you know truly investing and giving one's whole self over to a thing or an idea and losing yourself to it all right so and i think in that in that conversation you know i kind of mentioned i kind of look at that from the standpoint of you want to say a, a seed right like if you can take this one seed plant it in an environment where it can grow, right? So you have to protect it and then allow it the opportunity to get roots. If you go through that process of nurturing that thing, being extremely diligent to that thing, when it grows, it can produce fruit forever, right? And that's what I don't know that enough people have been able to experience in their lives is that that idea of immersing yourself into something, being truly focused, dedicated, truly self-accountable to that thing, and then allowing it the opportunity to become what it can, um, holds huge dividends. The other way that I've thought about it is in terms of creating these waves of success. You know, so for me, I've seen that in, in my career, that one month, six week, six months, whatever that time frame is that it requires to be totally head down, 
commit yourself, you know, that time, those resources to being able to develop, you know, new learning um, and then being able to demonstrate that for me in my career has created waves that have carried me for more than a decade. And you feel the wave. And even in light of, you know, your own humanity, the wave is kind of like a tsunami, like you can't stop it. Right. And it, it goes against so many things that normally would stop. And, and the reason I bring that up is I think people look for events. They're looking to succeed at this event, this thing. And they're not they're not thinking about long term sustainability. They're not thinking about, you know, like the gift that keeps on giving. So I think that's one of the benefits of, a, of immersion. So back to investing in yourself. What about when it doesn't work? You don't see the result. You don't get the thing. You don't see the the benefit or the income, whatever was the, you know, one of the drivers for that. What, what about that? Yeah. I, through that process, I've, I've failed many times at many different things and it's taught me how to manage my disappointments. Um, you know, I don't lose myself emotionally in the setback because that's how I interpret it. You know, I'm always of the mind that if I didn't meet my goal, if it didn't work out the way I envisioned or anticipated it, then there's something else I need to know, you know? So I, I invest myself even further so that I can figure out what I need to know to make it work in the way I initially envisioned it. Right. So then what about when you are connected then to other people who have less of an appetite to take the ride of self-investment, um, accountability to the group, you know, self-learning. So now you're connected to people in this thing, whatever that thing is. How do, how do you manage that piece of it? I'm always focused on the vision. Like nothing okay. deters me from the vision. And I've come to understand that not everyone is involved for the same reasons. Mm -hmm. right? um, so, you know, I don't choose to judge people or vilify people. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm certainly not of that kind of cliche mindset. You know, I do have a spiritual background. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, some people are like, some people are just here for a season. Other people are here for a reason. I believe both of those things are simultaneously true oftentimes, right? But okay. I don't subscribe to that cliche. I, I just believe that there are people who have never really ever had to persevere to the degree that is necessary to live the life they imagine. Okay. Like most of us settle for the life that we believe the world system has carved out for us. You know, right. we've been kind of cogs in a machine and uh, true creators and innovators we're just wired differently, man. Like we, we see something it's, it means enough to us that we'll fight through the wave of the tsunami and find a way to use it as, you know, a means of energy to get us where we want to be. All right. So on this, so on this journey, then, what would you say is one of your most valuable lessons that you've learned 
in a setback. I won't call it a failure. So I think it's just all just education, right? We have the opportunity to learn about ourselves, like fill in the gaps of the knowledge, the things that we don't know. So I, there's setbacks. I don't know that we need to put the failure label on them, but what, what are some of the most valuable ones that you've discovered about yourself or anything else in a setback? All right. So one, the, I think, and this is not in any specific order, but one is I know that I'm a winner who is designed to win. Okay. So, so if I don't win, the game isn't over. <laughs> That's right. just me, right? I'm, I'm at some phase, some quarter, some hole on the course where I'm going to work through this because the W is waiting for me. Right. Yeah. Um, and then but the second thing is I've really learned this lesson and I've been able to apply it to every area of my life, to every endeavor. Now, I'm very careful with my shoulds. Hmm. So certain things that are requirements for me, my shoulds, I don't choose to project them onto other people. You know, okay. I, give, I, give me an example. Uh. Je all right, so just uh, perseverance, right? Stick to itiveness, uh, real commitment with integrity. I, I don't project that should on anyone else. You know, even if we've agreed upon a certain thing or a certain set of things, you know, the truth shows up and I'm okay with it. I accept the truth when it arrives, right? When it when it reveals itself. But I I don't feel like oh they shouldn't have bowed out or they should have kept going, or mm -hmm. they should have been as committed as me. My shoulds are my shoulds. Okay, because, and it's interesting you've mentioned that, because I, I think people use either that lack of commitment or the fact that people could interpret the quote unquote vision very differently. They could have different reasons for engaging and being involved but they take all that as the reason why a thing did not come to pass. And it's not to say there aren't contributing factors, right? But I don't know that other people have to be blamed uh, why something didn't occur. So this kind of takes us to two things that we, the one for specifically, I know we've talked about for a long time, is this whole idea of, of masterminds, right? So I'll, I'll ask you to describe a mastermind. And then this idea that the current circumstance, um, at least in, from my view, will require a redefining and a different sense of community in order for us to, to really succeed. We will have to find ways to partner everyone having their own, building their own that they can put their name on alone. I just, I don't see all that. And I think some of that is a misinterpretation of success anyway, that we look at images of people in social media, movies, television, the news, and we think that people are self-created, self-made, which is an illusion, right? That you can do this on an island. So let's go back to just the idea of a mastermind. We, we've, we've talked, I think, both in very positive terms and sometimes even in frustration because <laughs> um, I don't know that even our connection over the years, we haven't always viewed it as a mastermind because there's 
too many empty seats at the table. Like where are the rest of these cats that are supposed to be able to, to, to think in similar ways and, and mobilize themselves in certain ways. And we just, you know, it's like King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. It's like, it was more than two people. Right. Did, did we miss something? So anyway, so let's talk about masterminds and then we'll talk about community. Yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head, Jerry. Uh, mastermind, a mastermind to me is a collective of people with many different skill sets, acumens, modalities, interests, but are able to come together to contribute all of those gifts and abilities uh, to empower one another, right? I don't believe a mastermind is always together to service one particular vision, but mm -hmm. I believe it's a, con a contributing collective of people who are offering their energy towards the things that interest the the group in their varying avenues. Right. So meaning that we can partner, I can support your idea. I don't necessarily have to be part of it, right? I'm, I'm part of you, but that doesn't mean I'm, I'm in your thing, right? Your thing is, right. is your thing. I'm just here to support and encourage you, um, maybe help you find, um, maybe to mitigate or manage the risk, help you to find resources, that sort of thing. So there's a selflessness to a mastermind, which then just kind of segues us right into community. So when you look at the current dynamics in our society and in our economy, what are your thoughts around community? Community is, wow, bro. Community is going to be like water, uh, so essential. Now I, I have the, and I'm grateful for this, I, I have the kind of intrinsic desire for people to come together. Um, I think we, um, instead of just me. Mm -hmm. um, and I believe community is a coming together, again, of a number of different people with those different skills who have some desires in common, mm -hmm. right? They want some of the same things generally. And community is going to be of the essence. You, you were talking earlier about no success is individual success. Right. You know, and I think we live in a in an avatar driven society now where people think that the Michael Jordans and the LeBron Jameses and the Beyonce's and the Jay-Z's that they're all self-made. Mm -hmm. When there are so many other pieces and people and moments uh, that were a part of their upward trajectory to who they became known as. Right. Um, you know, the parents taking kids to practices or getting them into camps. Uh, you know, the parent becoming the manager and plugging this iconic art artist into these different venues and opportunities. Right. So, yeah, that's what community is all about. And people who who are averse to community are gonna suffer in this new age. Right. So I, I 
I go back and forth a little bit. So I want to say I I wonder sometimes for me personally, I'll be a bit transparent here, is in my belief in, in community, in my just belief in human potential and what it is that we can accomplish. I sometimes wonder, and, and I'll have to add to, again, the idea that I believe that you can win from any position on the board, right, I, in my heart. I still wonder sometimes for me personally, have I short-circuited some of the success that I could have had because of my belief and investment in other people who don't see their own lives or those possibilities the same way, right? Have I cast my pearls before swan? You know, that whole thing, right? And it's like, man, I wish I didn't care so much about some of these things <laughs> and some of these people because I'll just keep, I'll just keep giving. And, but I do know that it matters where you, where you plant the seed, right? If I have this, this seed with all this amazing potential and I put it on the sidewalk and I'm diligent to watering it and giving it sun, there's no way for it to gain root. There's no soil there. There's nothing, there's nothing there. Or if I, and we know the parable, right? And if I take that seed and I, and I sow it where there's weeds, right? Well, well, weeds are really, really aggressive, right? And weeds want every bit of every resource that's down there. And so my, my seed with all of its potential and great intention, these weeds are like, yeah, you know, there's no nutrients down here for you. And people don't understand that with plants that they, they fight below the soil, right? They will kill each other beneath the soil and weeds are very aggressive. So I believe in it, but I, I, I do have moments of pause because I sometimes I do wonder for myself if I'm over-invested in an idea that other people haven't caught up to yet. Huh. That's mm. an interesting question. Is that what you're really questioning? That you're invested in an idea that people haven't caught up to? Or is the question, can people catch up to the idea and are they worth the investment? 